because with the crowd here, people can't see me because I'm so short, but I think we'll be okay this morning. Uh, if you would please fill out the Connect card, put that in the offering basket as it goes by. You can write any prayer request that you have uh, on that card because uh, we are a church that prays big and prays fearless prayers. Uh, for many of you, that's probably the, the only thing you'll put in the offering basket uh, because you give online. Thank you. If, if you're in the habit of using that red legacy of faith envelope uh, that was in the back of the chairs, they're on the table, but there's a pink envelope in the back of your chair that you can use for, like, everything. All right, so we are in week three of a series titled Fearless. And this morning we're headed back to the book of Acts, to the story of Peter and John who healed a man that had been lame for 40 years. I know you didn't know that so many sermons could be based off of one story from the Bible, but that's where we're back in again. And this morning's focus will be fearless speaking. But honestly, in our day and age, uh, there's, not, there's not an encouragement in many cases for Christians to speak fearlessly about their faith. In fact, in our culture, it seems like everybody's worried about offending somebody by their speaking about Jesus. We seem to be more concerned with being politically correct at times than speaking about our faith. And people are so concerned that somebody might be offended by speaking about Jesus that, that we've agreed sometimes to take and strip away all evidence of the Judeo-Christian faith from public view. We, we take the Ten Commandments and, and take them out of courthouses. We, we debate whether one nation under God should even be in the Pledge of Allegiance. The debate uh, is, in my mind, crazy, um, but that's kind of where we're at. And there is something wrong in, in our culture, and it's not the Ten Commandments, and it's not the uh, but this whole I issue of political correctness has actually overflowed and seeped into the church in subtle ways as well. Many Christians feel that they, they need not, they, that they should not uh, speak fearlessly about their faith. A, a common mindset among many believers in our day and age is that, you know, I'm going to just let my life be a witness. I'll let my actions show people Jesus, and I really don't need to say anything. And it sounds good, and, and it's a great place to start. Certainly, we wouldn't want our life to not be a witness to the gospel. We wouldn't want our life to not show people Jesus, but there's, there's times when we need to do more than just let our lives be a witness. There, there are times when we need to let our words give witness and testimony truth of the resurrection of Jesus. Let me illustrate what I mean in kind of a silly way. A couple of years ago, I started riding a road bike in preparation for a race that I was going to enter, and I had never spent a lot of time riding a, ro a road bike. I didn't even own one at the time, uh, nor had I rode a lot on the main roads. I usually just rode on the trails. So I started riding with a couple guys here at church in Brad All's house. Uh, and Mike Fisato put me through the ropes. And if we were riding and there was a, a hazard on the road, both of those gentlemen would do a very similar thing for me. They, they would point and they would say, hole, gravel, glass, 
as they did that, they would ride around the hazard. And, and I, who was behind them because I'm slow, uh, would know that there was some hazard on the road that I needed to drive around. But what do you think would have happened if they would have just let their life be a difference? If they, if they just let their actions speak to me and quietly rode around the obstacle without saying a thing? I can tell you what would have happened with the potholes around here. I would have wrecked. I, I would have, you probably never would have seen me again. One of those holes would have swallowed me entirely. Would have wrecked for sure. What they did was actually more considerate than just letting their life be a witness. Their words were a witness to the danger in front of them. Hole, glass, gravel. Eventually, I learned that when we were riding, the, the symbol is they just point. And whenever they, whenever they point, whenever I saw that, I knew that I needed to drive around something on the road. There are times in the Christian life when it's not enough just to let our lives be a witness. We need to say something. We need to be heard. One of the, the key thoughts of this entire, entire series has been fearless faith and behavior comes from our beliefs. What, what we do and even what we pray about comes from what we really, really believe in our heart of hearts. And here's the related thought for this morning. We will speak fearlessly about what we believe deeply. Let me say that again. It's already written in your notes. Uh, I saw on the sermon sheet that Daphne forgot to, to leave blanks in, so they're all there. Uh, we will speak fearlessly about what we believe deeply. Say, say that with me this morning. We will speak fearlessly about what we believe deeply. In the book of Acts, there's so many examples of this truth. Christians who, who believed deeply that Jesus was not dead, but alive. And because they believed that deeply, they spoke fearlessly. Let me give you three examples. You remember Saul, who was on the road to Damascus. He was actually in the process of hunting down Christians because he believed they followed a false messiah. Well, after Jesus, the, the guy Paul thought was dead, Saul thought was dead, spoke to him on the road. He believed so deeply that Jesus was in fact alive and he was in fact the Messiah that he went around speaking fearlessly about the resurrected Lord. Acts 9.28 says, So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of Jesus Christ. Before, he was trying to quiet everyone who believed in Jesus, who followed Jesus, this false Messiah. But after he met Jesus on the road, he spoke boldly. He was a changed man because of what he believed deeply. Example number two is from Acts 14.10. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. This is one of those examples where the message and miracles went hand in hand. Paul and Barnabas traveled all around city to city to city proclaiming the message that Jesus was alive. They, they weren't just letting their lives be a witness. They were proclaiming the truth that Jesus was alive. 
circle number three, Acts 4.35. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We, we looked at this last week. Peter and John were facing persecution and threats, but they continued to speak boldly in the Lord. The, the Holy Spirit filled the disciples, and they spoke fearlessly. Why? What, why did these men, who were so scared before Jesus speaks the lie to them, they continue to pray? Why did these men, who all ran the other way, now stand their ground and proclaim this truth? That Jesus was alive because they believed it fearlessly. Now, let me catch you up to speed if you last if you missed the last couple of weeks. Peter and John uh, were walking around and they were telling everybody about Jesus. And in the instance that we're going to look at this morning, they, they walked by the temple. And there's this guy who was begging at the temple. He, he, he was a beggar. He was lame. People brought him there every day just so he could beg. And Peter and John look at the guy, I want to look at the scripture, and they say this, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. You can imagine if this happened in New Stanton, Pennsylvania, the excitement that this would generate. Everybody would have been talking about this. If, if you saw the same guy standing, sitting, begging at sheets every single day, every single time you stop for gas, there's this same guy sitting there begging for change, can't walk, and then one day, He's running around town praising God. You can imagine the excitement that would spread throughout a community. It would be all over the news. Well, everybody was excited except the religious leaders because they didn't like the fact that Peter and John were talking about the resurrection of the body because they didn't believe that a body could be resurrected from the dead. So they arrest Peter and John, and they bring them out in the morning, and they question them. And they say, by what power do you do this? This guy who couldn't walk for 40 years is now walking. And it's kind of hard to discredit somebody's story who says it's in the power of Jesus that we do this thing when the guy's walking away. And they say, we, we don't know what to do with this. It, it's just hard to say, stop, this isn't true. When a guy's walking around doing some praising God. Acts 4, 16. What are we going to do with these men, they ask. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign. And we cannot deny it. I love it when God does things that other people can't deny. People that don't know Jesus. People that don't have hope in him. It, it's kind of like, you know what, I'm not sure if I believe the whole Jesus thing. Uh, I'm, I don't really go to church. I'm not really religious. But God did something there, and I cannot deny it. You might have a testimony like that. Uh, and when people bump into you today, they remember how you used to be, and they're like, whoa. Like, it's all good, but, like, something has changed <laughs> in your life. It, 
know if I believe in this Jesus thing that you're telling me about, but I can't deny something has changed. Some of you might have a marriage like that. You're like on a one-way street to a big, ugly divorce, and God showed up in some way and redeemed you. And now everybody that knew kind of where you were at as a couple looks at your marriage and is like, not really sure if I, like, agree with the Jesus thing, but your relationship Some of you might have a, a young adult or a teen that's like that. They, they got into everything that they shouldn't have. They got into so much trouble, it just broke your heart. And then God showed up, and they're, now they're like leading a connect group and reading their Bible and making godly friends. And it's kind of like everybody's, I don't know what happened. I don't know that I believe in the Jesus thing, but I can't deny that there has been a change. Other people will look. We need to tell them. We can't just let our lives be a witness. We need to tell them the hope that we have in Jesus. That's where these religious leaders are at in Acts chapter 3. They're like, hey, I'm not sure if I believe in Jesus. In fact, I'm pretty sure I don't because I don't even believe in the resurrection of the body. But this guy, we know this guy because we saw him in front of the temple like every single day, and now he's walking. Well, the religious leaders aren't, they can't deny it, but they're not willing to let it continue either. So they say this in Acts 4.17. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. So they want to stop this thing. <laughs> What's this thing? Christianity? Jesus, yes, that, that pretty much sums it up. They want to stop Jesus. Well, good luck with that. Um, Acts 4.18. Then they called Peter and John. They called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Say that with me. We cannot help. Ready? We cannot help. That's always much funner when you participate. Uh, in other words, we can't help but speak fearlessly about what we have seen and heard. You can threaten us. You can beat us. But we are not going to stop proclaiming this Jesus. We're going to keep telling people because we believe if you saw what we saw, you would believe too. If you saw the risen Lord, if you saw people's lives changed, if you experienced sins being forgiven, if you experienced the Holy Spirit really come upon a heart and a life, you wouldn't be able to be quiet either. You see, when you're excited about something, you talk about it. I don't care whether it's a movie or hunting or woodworking or food. When you are truly excited about something, you talk about it. You just can't help it. That's where these disciples are at. Jesus was dead, and now he's alive. When you, when you experience something like that, you just can't be quiet about it. You have to be a witness. With the time that I have left, I want to give you four instances, I believe, 
God wants us to speak fearlessly. And if you're taking notes, uh, they're already filled in, but you can follow along. At times, we need to speak fearlessly to ourselves. I need to speak fearlessly to myself. I want to give an example of that from Psalm 77. David writes, has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are perfect. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you've redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. David is distressed. He is distraught. God seems far off. He says, you, have you forgotten to even be merciful? So what does, what does David do? He, he kind of preaches himself a sermon about God's faithfulness in the past. He, he reminds himself that God is a God who has done miracles. Th- this isn't the only time David has spurred himself into action and faith by saying what God has done in the past. Remember when he faced Goliath? He faced that Philistine, and, and Saul asked him, you're just... A boy. And what did David say? God delivered the lion and the bear into my hands, and this Philistine will be no different. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of what God has done in our past so that we can speak fearlessly in faith for the future. Neil T. Anderson um, is an author. He's a Christian. Uh, He actually used to be an alcoholic, and he wrote a book that I give away a lot, and it's called Overcoming Negative Self-Image. And it's it's a book that claims the Word of God for our lives. When you're afraid and when you're doubting that God can forgive you, he just writes the Scripture. You are forgiven, and God will cleanse you from Even though your sins be like crimson, from Isaiah, even though you were caught red-handed, you will be as white as snow. Sometimes we need to turn and speak the word of God over ourselves to remind ourselves that we can be fearless. Some of you need to remind yourselves of things often because life is full of drama. God is a God that will bring peace The next time you are overwhelmed with babies everywhere, diapers to choose, dishes to wash, meals to cook, try preaching to yourself. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. If you are overwhelmed at work, Zechariah 4, 6 says, This is the word of the Lord, not by my might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You are overwhelmed or afraid, John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect.
believe in Christ who will speak to us even as he does to us. Second, because I believe deeply, I can't help but speak fearless encouragement to you. Christians should be the most encouraging people on the face of the earth. Hebrews 3.13 is where God tells us to be encouraging. It says, but encourage one another daily as it is long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is encouragement with a purpose. It actually helps us avoid sin. Speaking fearless encouragement in another person's life helps them be Speak fearless encouragement daily to your spouse, to your kids, to your friends, co-workers. It really can change their lives. I'm praying some of you won't even be able to leave here today without speaking a word of encouragement, texting a friend or making a phone call, encouraging someone in the Lord. Number three, because we believe so deeply, we need to lovingly speak fearless There are times when you love someone so much that you will not be able to hold back loving correction. I I want you to notice that I said loving correction. Um, Everybody say loving, loving. Um, This doesn't give us license in the Lord to go out and be a jerk in the name of Jesus. Um, It means that you love someone so much that you believe that what God says is right is right and what God says is wrong is wrong. And in love, you will go and try to help someone get back on the path to Jesus. Some people feel like they're being fearless if they tell someone that they're not going to heaven or that they're going to burn or that God hates such and such. That is not the loving fearlessness I am talking about. That drives more people away from Jesus. Biblical correction is when you love someone enough to be fearless in your effort to bring them back. Not to hold them at a distance. We could be getting in someone's face who's crashing on their spouse. Just saying, you know what, I think maybe it would be more effective if you prayed for your spouse and encouraged them and just nag them. Or maybe you know someone that's addicted and you you love them enough to get in their face and say, you know what, I'm going to help you kick this. I'm going to stand by you. And whatever it takes, I want you to know that or, or maybe you know some married guy who's flirting with some young skirt, and you just get in their face and say, you know what? Your wife and your kids need you. So, like, you need to stop this now. And I'm here for you. I love you too much to let you keep going on this path. Christians are called to speak fearlessly, not, not because we're, we're better than anybody else, but because we believe Number four, this, is, this one is, is awesome. I believe so deeply that I can't help but lead you to Christ. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your heart serve Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We believe so deeply that Jesus is the way the truth, and the life, that we will fearlessly lead someone to Jesus. Why? Because when it comes to living life to the fullest and getting to heaven, Jesus is our only hope. He is the only hope 
we have and we were just as crippled and just as helpless as that man who was in need of healing. And once we've been saved, we get to dance and run and celebrate and worship the Lord. If you know that God has set you free from the burden of your sin, you won't be able to contain it. You won't be able to help but speak fearlessly once you've experienced God. If you don't or can't speak fearlessly, it might be because you've never experienced truth Because in my experience, everyone speaks fearlessly about what they believe to be true. God, some of us this morning know that we need to speak fearlessly. Whether it's to ourselves or whether we need to encourage someone else who's wandering from the path or that word of correction, God. And Jesus, some of us just need introduce a loved one or a friend to you, we need to stop only letting our life be a witness and speak fearlessly your truth. If God is speaking to your heart that you need to speak fearlessly this morning, I pray that you would, in your heart, pray this prayer with me. God, I know I have been too hesitant to speak to myself, to encourage, to correct, to lead people to you. And God, I want to—I want you to use me. I want you to fill me with your spirit. I want you to convince my heart. Let me feel so deeply the forgiveness and the grace and your love for me that, that I just can't help sharing that. God, there might be someone here even this morning that just needs to to know that truth in their hearts, that you love them, that you fearlessly, for the joy set before you, went to the cross, that you might show your love. God, I pray that you would help us put our trust in you as people, because you are our Thank you that that faith leads us to you, to the abundant life, and to our eternity.